You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. If you have a smaller budget and that product does well on Amazon, because Amazon has to use GTINs, you can actually steal a whole bunch of like just kind of leftover traffic that's ready to go. When you have a targeted cost per acquisition for an e-commerce campaign, it's sometimes better than a maximized conversion value with or even without a T-ROAS campaign. If you switch that over to manual CPC, what you've done though is you've removed Google's learning about a person. Teaching agencies make sense and freelancers even, but the idea that a business owner would actually run their own Google ads at this point truly is akin to your own brain surgery or your own dentistry maybe if we wanna be a little less arrogant. John, I'm going to start asking the questions that I have. You ready? Yep. Why do we use maximize conversion value for performance max if it limits scale? Because the scale is usually much higher than what our clients can afford. If you're using maximize conversion value, you're saying, okay, go find me people on search, shopping, YouTube, GSP, discovery, display, top, middle, and bottom of the funnel, and only spend on the people that we think are going to at least have 150% ROAS or higher. And if you don't max out your spend, you will find those people. Once you've maxed out your spend, then you have to do cost. What will we use to replace manual CPC if and when it goes away? I would actually use manual maximize conversions most often because manual CPC is best for placement and the controlling of the cost would be, if I set a specific TCPA on maximize conversions, it's going to limit the amount of money you can spend, which is gonna also spend per click, which is meaning that your placement is going to go down. So. Maximize conversions is like is essentially default to like, okay, show me as number one. But if I only want to pay X amount of dollars per user per click, it's going to favor a lower position. So I would use maximize conversions with or without a target CPA based on how aggressive you are going to get in your manual CPC campaigns. Does creating a campaign without a goal guidance change and or limit the machine learning capabilities? Only if you're choosing a bidding strategy that isn't optimizing for your goal. So if I needed maximized conversions and when I set up a manual campaign without a goal guidance that maximized conversions wasn't there, the machine is going to optimize whatever bidding strategy you use, which could default to target cost per million. If conversion-based bidding strategies work better, when would you use target CPM or target CPV or max CPV, excuse me? Oh, and maybe you, you never would. Most of the time it's experimental placement testing. So for example, if we said, Hey, all of our clients that have ever come to us all are really familiar and learned all this great stuff from this person's YouTube channel, Mm. then I'm going to try to capture as many people I can on that YouTube channel for as cheap as possible. So I can test to see are any of the people on this channel also interested in my product without using an automated bidding strategy focused for conversions, because once that's assumed, which means, okay, if a person is on this YouTube channel, and we're not even leaning on Google's algorithm to get them to convert. They're just converting naturally. Then you're going to end up changing that campaign later on when it's proven to, okay, now how much more conversions or can we do a cost control of the conversions by still using the same structure setup, which means placement on that channel, but then using it optimized for either leads or sales. So you're assuming that you do not know if those people on that channel will convert when they find out about you. And if that is the case, lean into it by adding an automated bidding strategy because you know there's the juice is worth the squeeze on there. You're just going to squeeze it more effectively with an automated bidding strategy focused for conversions.
I love what you said about TCPM. You're targeting people. Max CPV, you're targeting placements. Right. That's a good distinction. From Andrew, does GADS consider on-page behavior from GA, for example, session length, et cetera, and automated bidding strategies? Yes. Yeah. And they even will do that even if you don't have a code placed on the page, which is scary. Google's beta that it came out with like how many conversions you're getting, even if you don't convert and tracking setup, is still present. It's still watching. And not only is it watching yours, your competitors are also learning from the activity on your own site, but you're also can target your competitors, users based on their activity on their site. So the whole reason why conversion-based bidding strategies work is because Google knows that the person that converted on Solutions 8's website has also been to five of our competitors in the last two weeks. That's infuriating that they're it using is. our competitor data and then sharing them back and forth. I mean, it makes sense. It'd be hard to build it the other, any other way, but that's, well, apart from considering the nature of bidding strategies, are there any other factors to consider while choosing the bidding strategy, like nature of business, AOV, profit margins, et cetera? That's a really good question. Everything. <laughs> Everything. You're looking at, and that's going to be kind of the, it blends into the other kind of course, but it makes sense. You need to look at the client's budget, what the client can afford to spend per customer. Do they want to scale or are they good at a specific spend? What is the LTV of that customer? Well, I had already said budget, but that kind of goes down to CPA and also that budget. Like I pay five for five customers at $500. Well, is that a week, a day, or a month? That's going to choose your different bidding strategies there as well. So, and then how much volume? If it's $500 five times a day, I spend 10 grand a day, but at a target CPA of $500, if I know there's tons of traffic, I can be picking choosy now. I can choose the immense amount of traffic that's going to come in say, everyone stop except for you four coming. Then you use that bidding strategy, which is maximize conversions with a target cost per acquisition because there's an overwhelming amount of users that are ready to go and we have a high budget. So yeah, it's everything is taken into consideration before choosing a bidding strategy. Absolutely. Usama, you had your hand up. I just typed it out in the comments. I was just that's to build on John's points of stealing data. ITINs are basically that, where if you have the same product as someone else, you can essentially steal their data. So if you're selling branded products, get the ITINs for them, put them on your feed, and you can take their data. Do you mean GTIN or is ITIN something? Sorry, GTIN. GTIN. Okay. Well, so curious GTIN. there, if from a strategic perspective, does it make sense if you're selling products that everybody else is selling, if you feel you have more effective targeting or a channel, let's say, of undiscovered prospects to use and go get your own GTINs from GS1 so that Google can't match what it is you've discovered with what other people are doing. No, Google will actually reject it because of invalid GTIN. It says, no. I know, yeah, it says, I know the product, I know the picture, I know the place, I know what this is, that's their own GTIN, and then it actually just gets disapproved in GMC. That's amazing. Yep. And what's actually funny, though, is a lot of times when you have a GTIN, a lot of times what was really cool is if you have a smaller budget and that product does well on Amazon, because Amazon has to use GTINs, you can actually steal a whole bunch of like just kind of leftover traffic that's ready to go by saying like, hey, for 20 bucks a day on this product that has GTIN that's popular, you just got to get like the leftovers that are just fast converters. But it's hard to scale out of it because then you have to be better than what Amazon's offering, which means price and delivering your, your shipping times. Kabiraj, TCPA is meant for lead gen and TROS is meant for e-commerce. No. So actually, that's a great question that I missed. So thank you for bringing that up. It was a point that I'd made in my head and I skipped over it in my mouth. So my brain moved too fast when I slowed myself down. When you have a targeted cost per acquisition for an e-commerce campaign, 
it's sometimes better than a maximized conversion value with or even without a T ROAS campaign. And because of this reason, if you have a wide array of product prices for a client, $20 up to $500, if you find the average order of value is X and it's fairly consistent, like it's always 225, sometimes it's 180, sometimes it's 300, but majority of the time, month over month, about 225. You can use a maximized conversions with a target cost for acquisition of 50 and get a 400 ROAS or 80 and get a 300 ROAS. What you're asking Google to do is don't ignore those small sales, keep them because that average is out to a higher volume at an average AOV. Think about if you were to take hundred sales that are 250 on average. And if you say, no, 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 only go after the $250 sales, you might cut your volume down by 30% because you've erased the left side of the balance. So you've actually reduced your overall volume because you said only go after the big sales, ignore the littler sales. Your AOV will go up, your volume will go down because you've, you've taken that balancing part. I said, give me the $20 and the $500 to equal 200. You said no more $50, only go after 200. So your AOV goes up, but then you missed the 30 sales you're gonna make that week. So I actually like maximize conversions with the target cost per acquisition when it's consistent, bottom of the funnel traffic, and that the average order value does not change. Look at, and that's the end of that part. The non-polishing part is if we all wanted to look at their AOV is always 280. I set a TCP at 120, and I'm, I'm consistently a 2.8 to 3x return for the last two years. Our PMAX pillar article, we recommend lead gen businesses use maximized conversions without setting target CPA or TROAS. And for e-com, we recommend conversions. Did you just say this change to maximize conversion value? Yeah. In our pillar article for our bidding, when we go through the tutorial section, the recommended bidding strategy that we offer for lead generation businesses are to utilize maximize conversions. We tell them do not maximize conversion value mm-hmm. and to do that without target CPA or team. It's similar for e-com. And I, yes. is that still, okay. Cause I it, just, I was yeah. differently. Oh, and I'm sorry, I think I had a little bit of lag there, so I, I overspoke, so I'm sorry, go, go ahead, I apologize. No, I just wasn't sure. I thought that you just said, but I'm also an idiot. So I don't know. I thought you just said that you were on team maximized conversion value for PMAX now. So I was like, oh no, did I just mess that up <laughs> in the article or? No, you're, you're right. And for lead generation, because it's an article, without saying apply an arbitrary value to the value of your conversions and then just an automated bidding strategy based on those values after you've qualified that the person that came in actually spent that money without going down that crazy rabbit hole that they have to actually be experts in Google ads. This is the safe, like 101. Okay. So you're, you're still hundred percent correct. The best agency knows, okay, now we'll have to manipulate that specifically, but for just someone that's reading through and that says, okay. And then the clicking a button, that's still perfect. Thank God. Thank you. You know what I decided on this phone call? The idea that we would teach people how to run these campaigns and accounts themselves without actually being professionals, teaching agencies makes sense and freelancers even. But the idea that a business owner would actually run their own Google ads at this point truly is akin to your own brain surgery or your own dentistry, maybe if we want to be a little less arrogant. Like it's a level of expertise. It's like Andrew's video today on the how to fly the airplane. It's so stupid to think that, oh, I'm just going to shoot some YouTube videos and teach you how to fly an airplane and you're not going to kill yourself. There's, is there so much complexity? <laughs> Glenn asks, considering the difference between TCP and TROAS, 
would it be worthwhile then creating two campaigns, exact same settings, then create one with TCPA and one with TROAS. Then one campaign will go after conversions with the CPA focus and the other will go after conversions with the ROAS focus. Or would those campaigns just be fighting each other? No, they would be fighting each other. I'm assuming, Glenn, that you're using the same feed for both those campaigns and two things are going to happen. One, they're going to fight each other, but two, they might share users. So one may have a first click because it was a TCPA that was higher or lower. And then one might get the second click because the value of that conversion or the cost of that conversion was higher or lower than that campaign's goal. So a lot of times they will either share a user back and forth, which means both are just kind of blended together. That may have not actually had a different outcome than if it was just one campaign. But if it's with a feed, you're going to see that whatever campaign, quote unquote, gets the better performance is just going to steal all the impressions and ignore the other one. There's a concept in coding when, as it pertains to relational databases, does everybody know what a relational database is? Think is that of like a database error? <laughs> That's funny. When I worked for John, which was for years and years, anytime him and his dad would ask me a question I didn't know, I would tell him it was a database error. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, sounds reasonable. <laughs> so a relational database is, think of like a, a Google Sheet, an Excel file, but it it's three-dimensional. So you have fields that are drawn from another Excel file. That's the relation. So relational database. It's instead of an X and a Y, you have an X and a Y and a Z. This is a really, really important concept that I want us all to wrap our heads around. What John has said here, and I actually really appreciated it, and it came from one of our questions, is we have to take everything into consideration. So we just learned bid strategies today, but there's no if this, then that bid strategy. There's no if this one thing, then that bid strategy. That doesn't exist because it's still going to be if this and that, except when only, you know what I mean? And then we get our bid strategy. So this one class is actually worthless until you've taken the next 50... Friday classes that we're going to go through. And what's going to happen is you're going to build, and this is the way that John thinks. You'll actually start to see it when you watch him. He thinks in a relational manner. His brain is a relational database. Really, so is everybody's. I think his is just maybe a little bit more developed than most. So you're going to start to figure out these rules, like if this, then that, okay, T row as, except when. And we have this one little piece, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's a lot of this when I try to build information, and this is the way that I think learning heuristics tend to work, you try to put it somewhere like this goes here. And the problem with anything relational is it only goes here in relation to other elements. Well, those other elements don't exist yet. So that's going to make learning this a little frustrating. It's also why Google Ads is so complex. It's why we have jobs. So from here until forever, I want us to continue to look at this as relational learning. And that means that we'll probably have to start revisiting some of these topics. Six months from now, maybe we have another conversation on bid strategies, only it's more complex because now John's taught us the other 20 things that are involved in the relational database and he can come back around and we can dive a little bit deeper. Every new hire that comes through Solutions 8 is going to have to watch every single one of these courses. And I want us all speaking the same language. We're singing the same song, dancing the same steps, all to the same tune. And it's really important that if we can tie ourselves together, I think that we're going to avoid a lot of the issues that we've had in the past. John? To, to build on that, we had an internal discussion as to the curriculum of these courses. And one thing came up was, hey, why don't we do a diagnostic course? Like how to diagnose problems. And it's almost like akin to what Cosmo said, that relational learning, you can't use the tools in your mind to diagnose if you haven't built the tool set yet. And I don't mean like, hey, everyone here is not ready yet. That's not what I mean. I mean that if anybody, if I said, hey, perform brain surgery because something's wrong, you're like, well, I don't even know how to diagnose. 
because I haven't been taught the MRI machine. I haven't taught what to look for in the MRI machine. I haven't taught like how to use the local anesthetic machine yet, whatever it is. And I don't know medical, but I'm paraphrasing here. But exactly, Osama has. But Osama, you had to do college for years before you could do that, right? This is college. So before we can diagnose, what we have to do is learn the tools, how they are in relationship to each other, and then you'll diagnose. And what's funny is you'll see this happen because this is how I learned Google Ads, where now that we have the bidding strategies down, and the next time you hop into a campaign, you're like, wait a minute, my search impression share is maxed out. My click share is maxed out. I can't spend any more money but as I'm using a restricted bidding strategy. Aha, what if I release that restricted bidding strategy and make an expensive bidding strategy? Does my click share go down, which is good. Does my top search impression share or my search impression share go down? I now know that this is an audience-based and now the way to diagnose is, well, if I need that to go up, I need that to go left. Then that's how the relationship is going to be built. That's our new company mantra, by the way. We want it to go up and left. <laughs> and that means that we're making money. Yeah. Up and to the side is good. Down is bad. <laughs> Point them up learning. The neural synapses in your brain don't finish the connection until after you've actually tried to do something. There's a really amazing book called The Talent Code. And it talks about how your brain builds the gray matter that allows you to do the thing that you learn. And if you sit in a classroom, this is why school is violently flawed. If you sit in a classroom and learn something, you actually don't build that gray matter. So somebody could sit there for two years showing you schematics and PowerPoint presentations on riding a bike. But if you never actually ride on a bike and jump on a bike and start to pedal, you're not going to go anywhere. That's so funny. So what I'm saying is after these classes, assuming you want to, y'all, I can't make anybody be any more proactive than they want to be. But if you want to connect the dots, the thing to do is to go open up Google ads and start looking at clients, start trying to say like, okay, when does this apply? How does this apply, et cetera. And I think this is going to be the most productive two hours we spend. We've got a couple more questions that I want to fly through. Jeremy just said, another great book is Learn Like a Pro. Thank you for that, Jeremy. I'm going to go track it down. Maximize conversion is aggressive and hence would bid higher in most cases, but doesn't that exhaust the budget soon? And if that's the case, then in most cases, it would only bid when it thinks the conversion rate is higher. And so would a competitive market of similar price products fail a max conversion bid strategy? Yes. So that's, now this isn't a cure-all and you're right. It does bid aggressive, sometimes more so than what the budget allows for. So when you're using maximized conversions, for example, it's going to be an expensive conversion that is going to get as many as possible within your budget. And what happens there is it usually shoots up to the top and CPC gets as many conversions as it can. It tries to drop the CPC enough until it sees the conversions whittle down. And then it goes back up and says to get as many conversions, here's where I think we need to be. If you switch that over to manual CPC, what you've done though, is you've removed Google's learning about a person and said, okay, do you want to do the placement or do you want to have the placement for who we think is going to convert? So sometimes you can pay a little less per click, but all of a sudden you've gotten a different audience now. So that's the point of delineation. And there's no one size fits all. You might say, no, no, no. The people that Google this keyword, a lot of times they convert regardless of where they are in the funnel. That happens sometimes quite often. Two examples, a debt consolidation company and a loan company that I've worked on. Manual CPC did not do as well as maximized conversions and also vice versa. And it was because with a audience-based bidding strategy, I was able to actually take a target cost per acquisition to an $8 lead where my manual, I couldn't get on the first page until I was at $15. So it was really weird. I could, if I was spending $15, I finally got on the first page for debt consolidation because that's super, super aggressive industry. But there was so much traffic that I said $8 conversions. I would just be like, I would just snipe them and I was getting 50% conversion rates. It was ridiculous. 
So again, there's always going to be those odd sources, but typically what Google will try to do is bid aggressive, then only go down to where they see the point of diminishing returns to conversions, then go back up. It has not tested lower though. If you want to switch it to manual and say, wait a minute, I think we're spending too much. And you find that pocket there, good on you. That's why we're here. So yes, that is very absolutely possible. The only point is, did Google's match types were so widely odd that I don't have a keyword I could focus on. I needed to lean on Google's ability to say exact match close variant of an odd keyword, but I got the conversion again. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. I'm good. Giving time people or giving people the time back. How do you feel? Yeah. Is that all the questions? That's all the questions. Sweet. Thanks for listening to the Google ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google ads, you can subscribe to the solutions eight YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google ads agency in the world, you can visit solutions eight at sol8.com. Kostum here. If you're running Google ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google ads campaigns for free? and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation. Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation, I said action plan. A bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business, no strings attached. That's sol8.com, sol, the number eight, dot com.